this episode. Big scientific challenge of the age. Plummeted, apparently, like a sack of concrete into the Potomac. And it plunged again like a sack of concrete into the Potomac. There was another team. They were actually using the proceeds from their bicycle shop. Uh, a tale of two ways of going about achieving something. And I, and I like how you drew out the sort of almost like the interplay between the creative side, or like the artistic side, and the scientific. And these two things, you know, really do come together. Welcome to Anecdotally Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. Hi, everybody. I'm Sean Callahan. And hi, everybody. I'm Mark Shank. Right. Now, I believe we have a story from ye oldie days. Uh, Mark, why don't you just uh, jump straight in? Tell us the story. All right. Oh, no, ye oldie days. Late, <laughs> eight, late 1800s, um, early 1900s. And so I want you to picture a time when man, humankind, had never flown in an aircraft. Right, the, the powered flight did not exist, mm-hmm. right? But it was widely considered that it was possible, and there was it was like a race who could who who could be first with powered controlled flight, and there were teams all over the world engaged in trying to figure this out. This massive conundrum it was like the big scientific challenge of the age, and there was a team in the US that was pretty much the standout team right they were uh, they were led by a scientist called Samuel Pierpont Langley uh, who'd already made a name for himself in astronomy and he'd been tinkering with uh with aviation for you know for, for quite a few years and you know this is a very well-heeled gentleman he had a seat at Harvard he was uh he he worked at the Smithsonian the his team had been funded by the War Department, so $50,000 grant. It was like $2 million today. Yeah. So very yeah. well-funded, um, very well, uh, uh, great access to technical expertise. You know, they'd engaged the best engineering firm to design the engine, and uh, they had, you know, scientists and engineers. and So they were doing well. Oh, the other thing about them was that they were the, the press you know, everyone knew that they were going to be first, right? So the press followed them around. They were oh, they, okay. they had coverage yep. you know, pretty much every day in the newspapers about what was happening and blah, blah, blah. And, and finally, they got to the stage where they could do a test flight. And that test flight took, the first test flight took place in uh, 1903, uh, October 7th. And they were on the Potomac River. They launched from, a, from a, um, a pontoon in the Potomac River. Perfect conditions, completely still. They launched it off a catapult. Uh, the wing of the aircraft hit one of the staunchions of the pontoon and it plummeted, apparently, like a sack of concrete into yeah. the Potomac. It's not a good phrase to associate not with an airplane. And, the, you know, of course, this was reported, you know, like because everyone was there. They are watching and, oh, failure. It's a big thing. And, you know, well, we mustn't fail again, right? So they rebuilt the aircraft and they conducted a second test flight. Yeah. So the second test flight was uh, in December 8th, so a couple of months later. And this time, the back half of the aircraft fell off during the catapult launch, and it plunged again like a sack of concrete into the Potomac. Right. Not great. Not a great not, start. Not great. Not yep. great. 
So two test flights, two failures. Um, there was another team that were working on it. Yeah. Two, 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 two brothers who owned a bicycle store and they were working out of an airfield, a Kitty Hawk in North Carolina, uh, Wilbur and Orville Wright. Now, mm. they they were not funded, right? They were actually using the proceeds from their bicycle shop to fund their uh, their attempts. All their activities. I, I can imagine um, too, you know, like a, there's not a lot of money coming out of a bicycle shop. Mind you, back then there was no, probably a lot no. of cycling, I'm not sure. Yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, the old penny farthing you know, it was probably... <laughs> it was um, raging. Now... No, neither of them had a had a college. They didn't even have a college degree, a uh, college education. No one on their team had a college education. They yeah. had no formal technical uh, training. Uh, but early in the 1890s, they'd fall in love with this idea about the ability to fly, and they just they they wanted to understand it, and they saw it as this incredible interplay of the elements and the machine and the pilot. So they were always thinking about that sort of uh, dynamic so they had this you know yes the, the technology yes engineering yes science but also an element of art you know you need mm. to anyway so um they they took their models their, their their prototypes out and they they tried to fly them pretty much every day and and like up to five times a day they would uh, attempt flight they would they crashed they took a pair of spare parts they rebuilt it and they would just keep trying and trying and trying they tried so many many times yeah until on that that day in december 1903 when the right flyer flew uh 852 feet on that first flight and of course they they were the ones that that won the race yeah yeah and but you know like it was they were no one was paying any attention to it. it. It wasn't even kind of made known to the world. It wasn't published in the news, newspapers till two or three days later that they'd succeeded, right? Yes. So, uh, and and of course, one of the interesting things was that uh, the Pierpont Lang Samuel Pierpont Langley, as soon as the Wright brothers succeeded, he 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 quit. That was it. Done. Didn't you know? They they had this great techno engine technology that they could have worked together on and stuff. But no, he just went, no, I'm not going to. It's over I'm, for me. It's over, right? I'm not going to be Edison or, or Graham Alexander Bell. I'm not going to be this famous guy. So he quit. Wow. And That's good. Yeah, kind of a, a, a tale of two ways of going about um, achieving something. Yeah, and innovation, right? Yeah, I like that. It's, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's got some nice... Um, you know, sort of lessons in there about, I mean, I really like that sort of iterative nature that you drew out on the Wright brothers, you know, just trying and trying and trying. Reminded me of the story we told about Dyson and all the attempts that mm. he made before he sort of broke through. Um, but there's something in there which I, I, I really love, which is, I don't know, it's this sort of sense that the Wright brothers had this, you know, they really cared about the idea you know, you know, they had a passion for just, you know, what would this look like? How would this make a difference to the world if you could actually have a human sort of, you know, sort of powered, not human powered, it's just a powered flight. They weren't riding their bicycles, yeah, up there, and, were they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I, I saw a number of times a phrase that really grabbed my attention, which was they, they, uh, 
they were enamored with this idea of flight and they wanted to discover its secrets. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's, um, yeah, I think there's something, and I, and I like how you drew out the sort of almost like the interplay between the creative side or like the artistic side and the scientific and these two things, you know, really do come together. Um, the, the pattern of storytelling that you use there, I think, is is worthwhile pointing out too, and that is um, having the negative story first, followed by the positive story, and mm. and I think one of the reasons why that's a a nice uh, sort of one-two punch, if you like, is that if you just tell a negative story, it can be a good cautionary tale, um, but it just tells people what not to do. It doesn't give them uh, an example of what to do, right? Yeah. And without the example of what to do, you end up getting stuck. You feel, I think that your stress just increases. So if you want to encourage change in an organization, yeah, do that. Here's the story of failure, but here's a story of success. We want to do more of that, right? Um, we do attend to failure, don't we? We just, we find that oh, very interesting. It's very important to us. You know, particularly from a life and death perspective, yeah. Because you know, you know, our success as a species, uh, we're very focused on it. Yeah, avoid failure, avoid death. Yeah, it's a good avoid idea. death. That's yeah. a good thing. That's a good thing. Avoid death. Yeah. So that the uh, the the stragglers from the uh, from the tribe that came back and said, uh, "Don't take that path," you know, because three people got eaten by the saber toothed tiger. Yeah, people pay attention to that, right? Yes. <laughs> you yeah, don't want to yeah. get eaten by the saber toothed tiger. I think, um, you know, if I was thinking of anything that would help make this an even better story, I think it's got to do with more visuals. Um, for example, I don't really have an image in my head of who this Langley guy is, right? You know, is he a big portly fellow, uh, stout with a big moustache? I don't know. Is he, you know, I think just some sort of little thumbnail could help uh, paint that picture. You know, I do have a picture of the Wright brothers, right? Because, of course, you know, that's a much more, you know, sort of popular image in people's minds of that biplane. Was it a biplane? Uh, I sort of have it in my head. It was some yeah. sort of biplane, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I did point out that Langley uh, was, you know, he had a seat at Harvard and he had a job at the Smithsonian. Yeah, he was he rich had, like, and powerful. I yeah, got that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but I didn't I didn't give a physical no, uh, description no. of him. Yeah, I think yeah. a little physical description would be good. Um, I, I love the fact too, you know, the other lesson, of course, you draw from this is that you can pour a lot of money into something. doesn't mean it's going to be a success. In fact, it's probably working against you. Uh, in some way, you want to keep these innovative projects pretty lean, um, so that people have are forced to innovate, right? They're forced to get it done. Yeah, and of course, for the that the Langley project, the the fact that they had that failure, it was like it was reported on immediately. It was like it was huge news that he yeah. failed. Yeah, and like you just imagine how how anxious they might have been. Uh, about failure, and I guess that's why they only made two two flights. You know, the 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 Wright brothers would make two flights a day easy, right? And yet they, the whole project of Langley's only made two flights. Yeah, no one was watching the Wright brothers, were they? That's right. No one was. You know, watching so them. so it didn't matter if you had a whole bunch of failures. It's that's why you you got to do a lot of these things as skunk works, you know, sort of hidden away and 
Um, so it gives perm permission for people to try things out that they're not sure that's going to work. And if every move right, is so going to be documented, isn't that going to be a little bit um, off-putting? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just put you under pressure. Yeah. So um, we've already discovered a business purpose, one business purpose for this, which is if you're trying to set up a skunk works, this is a great, a great story to use. Yeah, that's right. To get exactly. your funding. Yep. Yeah, so I think I'd, I'd be using this story in terms of, you know, um, how much money we put into innovation. Uh, I'm sure the innovation projects are cringing at the idea of suggesting there's less money to be put into it. Um, but also, the I love just the iterative element of it and also the purpose, you know, this bigger purpose that yeah. the Wright brothers seem to have. Yeah, so exactly. So the, the this business, you know, this story could be used to illustrate the power of purpose and the power of passion. Yeah, yeah, most right. definitely. Um, um, you know, yeah, no, it's you, good. The fact that you don't you don't need, um, you know, these guys without a college education, then you know, blah blah blah. You know, they you and they achieved something that had never been achieved before, and and they beat everyone else to it. And yeah, you don't need necessarily to, to have every single resource available to you yeah i'm thinking too you know a college education um we're seeing now is in certain things i think is overrated there's a little sidebar but um, i was watching something the other day on youtube where this guy was just talking about if you're going to become a computer programmer it's actually probably better to come straight out of high school learn the skills get a job because what you learn at university is sort of like the theory of it rather than the doing of it. Wright brothers were right into the doing of it, right? You know, I suppose mm -hmm. Langley, Langley was too, but in a slightly different way. Okay, let's give it a score. Uh, my turn, right? Score this little, little baby. I, I look, I think uh, for me... I think I I would give this probably a six out of ten as a, a score. It's um it's one that I'm not too sure I would tell that often. Uh, I kind of love the history of it. You know, I think it's very interesting history, and and I know there's lots of layers to this, but um, in terms of usability, yeah, for me, six out of ten. What about for you, Mark? I'm getting this a nine. Oh my god, a nine out of ten! Holy yep. smokes! Yep. Yeah, I can yeah. see myself using this extensively. Right. Um, yeah, and I'm very, I'm, I'm very grateful to. Uh, I, I recently rewatched the Simon Sinek, uh, you know, the Magic Circle. You know, start with why. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, TED Talk, yeah. where he he introduced this, and so I've been reading it. I'm very grateful because I, I think there's so many business applications of this uh, this story, and so yeah, I'm. I'm very excited by it. So, oh um, well, we'll have to check back in with you in uh, a few months to sort of see, you know, where you've put this story into practice. I think that would be fa fascinating. Uh, we'll have to make yeah. a mental note of that. Can you remember that, Mark? Oh so, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just, I just carry that mental note with me. That's right. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for that story, Mark. And thanks, everyone, of course, for listening in to Anecdotally Speaking. And, of course, tune in next week for another episode of How to Put Your Stories to Work. Bye for now.
Anecdotally Speaking was engineered by Dave Stokes from Author to Audio.